0: Ask NT Wright Anything podcast. Hello and welcome along. NT Wright is one of the best known New Testament scholars in the world, and I'm Justin Briley, the guy lucky enough to sit down with him on this show and ask your questions. And today, a listener wants to know if the suggestion of Old Testament prophets being raised from the dead presents a problem for the uniqueness of jesus's resurrection in the new testament and what about our resurrection is heaven the in-between state before that new creation will we know everything once we're raised lots of interesting questions today about resurrection tom's answering them along with once again our guest scholar justin bass thanks to rama in canada who gets in touch to say i'm so thankful to have found this podcast so many of the questions asked are also my own what a comfort to know i'm not the only one Thank you, Rama. And do leave us a rating and a review to help others discover the podcast. You can find out more from the show, of course, as well at our website, premierunbelievable.com. Just before we jump into today's conversation, just a shout out to all our US listeners as this show drops, of course, on Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great weekend. One of the good things to come out of Thanksgiving weekend in recent times is that the following Tuesday has come to be known as Giving Tuesday. That's Tuesday the 29th of November this year. It's a day to turn the tables on the commercialism of Black Friday and support your favorite causes. Well, if you would like to support us from wherever you are in the world, not just the USA, on Giving Tuesday, you can do that. There's a link with today's show info if you do make a gift it makes a huge difference to us meeting the costs of the ministry of premier unbelievable that includes of course the ask nt write anything podcast Uh, you'll be helping us to bring thinking christian faith to many more people you can give right away by the way you don't have to wait until giving tuesday the link is with today's show so thank you for partnering with us right now let's get into today's conversation So welcome back to the show, and uh, we're we're really privileged at the moment on the Ask and to Write Anything show to be joined not just by Tom but by Justin Bass as well, who's our sort of guest uh, guest who's who's sort of bringing his own perspective. He's got his book The Bedrock of Christianity that I'll make sure to link to again from show show. Um, and we're talking about, you know, one of the specifics that, that Justin deals with in that book today, resurrection, some of the questions that have come in, not just though on the resurrection of Jesus, but also on resurrection in general, what will that resurrection state be? And those kinds of questions are quite common, uh, aren't they, Tom, when, when they come in. Um let, Let's talk about, first of all, uh, one of the specifics, and, and I might start with you, Justin, on this one, and, and then bring Tom in on, on this, um, which is Philip in Osnabrück in Germany asking, was Jesus really the only example of a resurrection before the general resurrection? I'll I'll give his full account of this here. He says, I think Tom Wright has said multiple times that the disciples would never have expected a single person to be raised from the dead, but only all of Israel or the whole world at once and uses this as an argument to show that the disciples weren't inventing the resurrection of Jesus. Now, in the Gospels, though, there are people who think Jesus is an Old Testament prophet that God raised from the dead. Uh, and when Jesus asked Peter who the people think he is. So doesn't this idea that, that there are examples where people say it wasn't Jesus, you know, Elijah raised from the dead and so on. Um, doesn't that show that the idea of a single person being raised was was there in some way. Um, and then uh, Philip goes on to to say how lovely he finds the podcast. But um, yeah, this the, I've heard this from other skeptics as well, saying. Yeah. Dale when you Olson, talk, yeah, when you talk about the kind of the uniqueness of, of this particular claim. Was it so unique, given that there seemed to be hints that perhaps that it it, it wasn't unknown, this, this, this concept of a single resurrection?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the first point, it's interesting that the only place you could find maybe a possible outside example from Jesus is in the Gospels themselves. So mm. uh, th- this is only in the Gospels, th- these kind of uh, statements. But uh, first, yeah, I, I think it is. Out- let's sep- separate these passages first. Outside of that, there is no uh, in, in Second Temple Judaism. In any in, in any text, do we find the hope of a resurrected Messiah, of resurrection beginning in a single individual, uh, and then later they would they would come at the end of the world? This 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 is you know unprecedented, unparalleled. So when it comes to passages like this, I do think you know it, it you know they're, they're they're not always the easiest to figure out exactly what's behind these statements. But I think there was this uh, very popular transmigration of souls idea in Greek philosophy. And it's interesting that Herod Antipas, when he learns about Jesus after he had beheaded John the Baptist, when he learns about Jesus doing miracles, he says, oh, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That's the language that the gospels Mm. give it. But I think he's probably referring to some kind of transmigration of souls because one, John the Baptist and Jesus were contemporaries. you know they, they were they were cousins uh, they, they lived at the same time so, so you know jesus isn 't John the Baptist raised from the dead. this would be some kind of almost reincarnation or, or like like I said transmigration of souls or something like that so, so i don 't think this is the Jewish idea of resurrection. so there might have been some fuzzy ideas in the folk understanding mixing in with with Greek and Jewish ideas. But but there I don't think this is a good example of any type of pre understanding of a resurrected Messiah in, in the Jewish sense.
2: Yours, your thoughts yeah. on that, Tom? Yeah, it's uh, fascinating the John the Baptist thing and Herod saying that. Um I've often said to people when this question has come up, I don't think that even the most sympathetic supporter of Herod Antipas would have said that he was the best authority on uh, classic Jewish belief in the time. <laughs> I'm not sure that was his primary concern. Um but also in a sense he may have he may have had this vague idea, oh the spirit of John the Baptist has gone to indwell this person, but uh, as, as Justin just said, um, Jesus had been around um, uh, at the same time as John the Baptist. And as far as we know, there would be no suggestion of somebody going and checking John the Baptist's tomb to see if his body was still there and and uh, checking um, uh, Salome or Herodias's fridge to see if the head was still there um, and so on. Um, you know, there, there's a sort of sense of we're not talking about the same thing at all there. What strikes me in um, a passage just after Uh, that in in Mark chapter 9, is after the transfiguration, Jesus says, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man is raised from the dead, and the disciples are scratching their heads, and Mark says they were puzzled, wondering what the rising from the dead would mean. In other words, as far as they were concerned as we know from, say, the response of uh, Mary and Martha in John 11, um, oh, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection of the just on the last day, whatever. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Um, That's what resurrection means. They can't get their heads round the idea that the son of man, this strange Jesus that they're accompanying is going to be raised from the dead. What's that going to be all about? And I think I I would want to probe a little bit further as well and talk about how the resurrection as we know it came to mean and i think uh, justin you say something about this in your book bedrock um that that, uh, and and i think it comes in c.s lewis's miracles as well which was probably where i first read it actually um the idea of new creation itself being launched in the person of one man in other words this isn't a random odd miracle like some old prophet happening to show up one day and say some rude things about whoever is king at the time this is is actually an event of cosmic importance and that's what's being claimed for Jesus' resurrection in a way that it simply wasn't for any of the other random things. And, and I was going to say, because obviously there are other resurrections that take place in the gospel,
0: specifically the ones that Jesus performs on Lazarus and, and others, and uh, and uh, can we assume that the the type of resurrection that that involves was
2: understood to be quite different to the sort of resurrection oh yes because those are people who who would would then go and live a normal life and die die again whereas something has happened to the notion of resurrection itself as i argue in various places as you see in romans 6 the messiah having been raised from the dead will never die again death has no more dominion over him the 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 the, the resurrection with the capital r if you like isn't coming back into this life and living it again it's going on through into a new bodily life uh, which will not die again um, whereas um, the raising of Lazarus the raising of Jairus's daughter the raising of the widow's son at Nain um, these are all people who will then live an ordinary life and die an ordinary death. Mm. Well, one more little thing that occurs to me
0: is that there's that interesting little moment in Acts when Peter's been released from prison and turns oh, yeah. up at the door and <laughs> And the disciples can't believe that, you know, he's he's been raised. Uh, and they say to the, the woman who's seen him, oh, it must be his, his is it his ghost or his angel or something his like His angel. That? Angel, yeah. Right. And was it, that a sort it, of... It acts chapter 12, yeah. Was yeah. there some sense in which people thought there might be some kind of, I don't know angelic slash ghostly sort of thing that happens when people
2: die precisely Um, you've got it you've got it in acts 23 it's very interesting when paul puts the cat among the pigeons in his hearing before the sanhedrin because he knows that some of them are pharisees who believe in the resurrection some are sadducees who don't so he says this trial is all about resurrection at which point the pharisees um take his side because they say that this man must be a good guy but they don't believe he's actually seen a genuine resurrection, they have a view of the interim state between the present life and the resurrection in which you can either be an angel or a spirit. Interestingly, they don't say soul at that point, by the way. Um, And so he says, so so the Pharisees say, supposing an angel or a spirit spoke to him. Um, And and in other words, maybe Paul has had one of those odd experiences of somebody who's in the in-between state. They don't believe he's actually raised from the dead. But so, so that, yes, when they say it must be his angel, they assume Peter has been killed in prison like James had been earlier in the chapter. And uh, and that this is one of those post-mortem visitations. But that's perfectly compatible with them going to the prison, asking for the body, and giving it a decent burial. Mm,
1: yeah. And, and another good one that, that goes along with Acts 12 is the uh, account in Luke 24, when Jesus appears to the, the the 12 for the first time, minus Judas. It actually says they thought, you know, he was a spirit. I think it's phantasma, it's phantasma in the Greek. They thought he was, you know, some kind of disembodied spirit, because I think this would have been the normal expectation if, if Jewish people at that time actually were convinced somebody f- that had died were in front of them, they would have thought of immediately some kind of like ghost type experience or an angelic type experience. But it was Jesus actually spending time with them, convincing them, mm-hmm. touch me, let's eat, let me explain to you about the kingdom of God. See, that's what it took. It took... I like Luke's language, convincing proofs. You know, it took the the, the convincing proofs of Jesus' time with them over a forty-day period, and that's when they were like, "Okay, we're we're actually starting to begin to understand what rising from the dead actually means." Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and, and the word there is pneuma; it's it's spirit, and and it's one of the things that I'm the there. thinking yeah, about right. a lot at the moment. That that um, if we're to give a, a fully biblical account of um, life after death, as opposed to life after life after death, which is resurrection, then the word the New Testament gives us is not soul, but spirit. That, um, uh, the, 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 as Paul says in Romans 8, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life, dia de causune, because of righteousness, whatever that means in that context. The spirit is the continuity. And, and, and Jesus is saying that no, we're past that stage, as it were, um, that, that that this is this is the real thing.
0: This, this all segues very nicely into another question here, which we'll, we'll we'll skip to. Shirley and Pudsey asking about whether we still call heaven the in between stage before a new heaven and new earth. So so Shirley asks, granted our final destination is that new heaven and earth of the, the resurrection, what are we to call the place or state to which we go between our death and the second coming? Surely it is or could be referred to as the present quote unquote heaven. Um, and, and asks, in addition, whatever that is, do we still have an interest in what's going on at Earth in that time, as in mm-hmm. the great cloud of witnesses that's, that's referenced and so on? Um, so what's your view on that, Tom? Because obviously th- this is often a question that comes up. What what happens in that in-between stage? And you've said before, well, we don't get told a lot about it. But, um, but could we describe that as, quote unquote, heaven?
2: Um, we, we can, if we like. I merely observe that the New Testament never does. And you'd have thought if it was that important, you might have expected there to be at least some hint of that. Um, Today you will be with me in paradise," says Jesus to the brigand who's being crucified beside him. Not that Jesus is going to be there for long, because he's going he's going to be back. But paradise is a is a good a good word which is is delightful, but sufficiently vague as a way of saying it's a blissful place where you go to be rested and refreshed until the the, the final the final place. Um, and there are the other texts like John 14 and so on, which we've discussed on this show before. Um, but So, so uh, you can call it heaven if you like. And there's that chap who wrote a book some years ago called Heaven is Important, But It's Not the End of the World. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- there's, uh, But my, my fear about using the word heaven is that it then um, people sink back down into it and think that, well, just going to heaven, that's, that's all, that, all that really matters. Um, And I think that's a problem in medieval theology. I mean, Aquinas has a very strong theology of bodily resurrection. And I'm not an Aquinas scholar, but I gather from people who are that he says, you know, that that, that the new creation and resurrection will be the most amazing thing. But today's retrievers of Aquinas tend to be focused on going to heaven and having the beatific vision, seeing God, which is not highlighted in the New Testament at all in the way that people in that tradition have tried to do. So I'm, I'm wearing of using non-biblical um, or using biblical words in a non-biblical sense let's put mm. it like that yeah. which I think is what's going on if we go that route. A- a- any thoughts? I'd be I'd fascinated one? to know what Justin has yeah. to say on that. On this intermediate state. It yeah
1: right? I-, I agree it's it's not the end of the world heaven's not the end of the world I, I agree with that um, what's after that is the most important but I, but I do think the, the the New Testament does give us some idea of, of some of this intermediate type state where the souls of believers will be, you know, the, the most common is away from the body is to be present with the Lord. So for Paul, he's going to be with Christ in some way, and I think conscious. Uh, the, the closest thing I think to, to calling it heaven would probably be 2 Corinthians 12, the fact that he was caught up to the third heaven. Um, that would be, I think, I guess the closest you could get to it, to the idea that if if you wanted to use New Testament language to call that, that place the realm where we'll be um, heaven. But uh another another place uh that that's interesting on on the question of what will we be experiencing there revelation 6 is one i always point to that the souls who are under the altar and this is i think in heaven in in god's throne room uh they're crying out how long o lord until the end so they have this kind of understanding of longing and and you know, things are not perfect, you know, we're not, you know, they're not floating on clouds and playing harps and everything's good and they're in in, an eternal state, you know, they're concerned with what's going on in the world and they're concerned with actual justice being done. And so I think we too, when we go to heaven, we'll be kind of still kind of corresponding with what's happening on earth until Jesus renews everything in his second coming
2: yeah I think the communion of saints um, is is mysterious but really important that sense that we do belong to the larger company that, that we are the minority, as it were, the present, present Christians at least i don't know if that's true numerically, but we, we are the present representatives of that great company. but it's interesting that that is one of the only two places in the New Testament where the word soul um, psuche, is used to denote whoever these people are in between death and resurrection, the other one being in Revelation 20, and that elsewhere, for instance, in the Second Corinthians passage that you mentioned, Justin, um, Paul doesn't actually say um, that it's the soul Um, I think he would say the spirit, Um, and certainly in Philippians 1, when he says, my desire is to depart and be with the Messiah, which is far better. Um, I'm very wary of using the word soul there, because people today still have this solidly platonic vision of uh, an immortal soul, which existed before all time and will exist forever. And I don't find that in the New Testament. Mm.
1: So uh, let me understand that you're distinguishing spirit and soul as far as our immaterial self?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's difficult because um, the idea of an immaterial self, if you take the robust view of um, what humans are in in God's will that I do, um, then the idea of an immaterial self is almost a contradiction in terms. And certainly I'm opposing the usual body-soul dualism, which says, oh, well, the body's gone, but the soul goes marching on. Um, that, that's basically Platonic. But I do think you have in the New Testament several hints um, that, that uh, when the Holy Spirit um, collaborates, as it were, with our spirit, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children, etc., etc., then our spirit is then... Uh, held onto if you like by the holy spirit in the nearer presence of christ um until the time when the spirit the holy spirit gives us the new bodies which are already in preparation Uh, we've we've talked about this before on this show but that's that's probably so but when
1: you die that so that's what you're referring to as what i would say immaterial self or you know soul class spirit that goes to be with christ you would call that yes and and i and i
2: yes and i would see I would see you. the work of the Spirit. I mean, it's very, for me, it's very challenging in the sense that the person that I will be in God's ultimate world is the person that the Holy Spirit is doing the Spirit's best to make me at the moment, recalcitrant and awkward customer though I am, um, and that when I die the the what the holy spirit has wrought within me and what my spirit has become is the person that i then will be and the person that will then be remade physically and i i, I haven't really finished thinking this through and i don't know anyone who's well, well, working down this line but i find it fascinating Until we get there, we may not really fully, fully understand. Well, no, 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 quite, quite,
0: quite. (laughs) But on that, along those lines, and this is just, we don't have to spend too long on this, but Dick in Warwickshire wants to know, uh, well, firstly, he says, I really enjoy and learn so much from the podcast. Um, But I I want to ask, do you think that eventually when we are resurrected, that we will know everything? I mean, things like how all of physics works and all those puzzles that have baffled the most brilliant minds like Einstein and Newton. Uh, Thanks so much. Um, what do you think then again i 'll start with you tom what will we sort of somehow have have all knowledge when when we're in our resurrected form? what's your
2: thought of that <laughs> uh, i think it's quite- it's quite possible that we will have all sorts of knowledge at levels that at the moment we can't even imagine, but I suspect knowing the laws of physics or how to pronounce words in Hindustani or whatever may not be the forefront of our thoughts you know that that um th- yes, the glory of God's richly diverse creation will be ours to enjoy, to help run. I mean, God's new world, we are supposed to be the royal priesthood within that world. Um, So the knowledge won't simply be a head knowledge, it'll be a vocational knowledge of, okay, we are now going to be put in charge of different aspects of taking forward God's purpose for his world, whatever that will be.
1: Any thoughts to add to that, Justin? I do. I do love uh, something Augustine says. Is toward the end of the City of God. He said, "We're we're going to be like the angels in the sense that we'll still be reading, but not reading books. We'll be reading Christ's face." I, I like that kind of mm, the, the the beatific <laughs> vision, you know. But but I do. I think it's important that I think this gets to that contribution of you know heaven being boring. I mean, I, if I knew everything, <laughs> I just can't imagine how this is going to be. In I mean, I feel like because God is God, and we could never learn everything about God, we are going to be constantly growing and progressing in some way, yeah. even in the resurrection, new, new, new creation. Uh, I, state. I,
2: think, I think that's right. And I mean, it, it does no harm to ask the question. But I think, ultimately, you're absolutely right, Justin, to draw this back to it's our knowledge of God, our knowledge of God in Christ, our knowledge by the Spirit of God in Christ, um, who knows what forms that will take. Um, I think we can say for sure, knowing what we know about the present world and its beauty and its joy and its drama and its grandeur, etc., that it'll be like that only much, much more so been so good to have you both
0: on the show today to talk about resurrection in in all its forms uh so if you want more from the show as ever uh, you can find out more at premierunbelievable.com and send your questions in as well by registering with us um and i'll make sure there are links both to tom and to justin from today's show but for now thanks for being with me tom and justin i really enjoyed it thank you very much I hope you enjoyed today's show. Next time, can a Christian vote for Joe Biden? Can faith be disentangled from left versus right politics? going to be an interesting one uh, and interesting to have justin bass joining us again for next week's show by the way if you do find the podcast helpful do consider supporting us this giving tuesday in fact you can give right away to the ministry of premier unbelievable from wherever you are in the world the giving link is with today's show info you can also find links there for more from the show the podcast the newsletter and our next live event with tim keller as well coming up in december but for now thanks for being with us thank you if you can partner with us god bless you See you next time.